The crisis in Afghanistan continues. Canada has already finished its evacuations, and the U.S. military is winding down. But here's a story that's surprisingly sweet. A little baby girl born on an American military evacuation flight. The wife went into labor and began having complications. They were evacuated to Qatar and then Germany on board an American C-17 cargo plane. So the pilots took them to a lower altitude, increased the air pressure, and likely saved her life. Once the plane landed, paramedics arrived to help deliver the baby in the plane's cargo hold. Mother and child are doing well. And what do you name a baby born on a plane evacuating? Why, you name her after the aircraft's call sign, of course. Reach, a sweet name for a little girl who escaped terror. Another baby was born 2,000 years ago, bringing the ultimate hope to mankind. And Jesus has saved his people from their sins. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story with you. It's all about Jesus. And welcome to the second week of a series called Hiding God's Word. And we're continuing to think about the importance of hiding this living and active word in our hearts. This week, we'll be looking at the Old Testament more to understand why we memorize Scripture and how people have done it in the past. In a few minutes, we'll be joined by David Wolin, who has his own story of memorizing God's Word and how it was ministered to him in his life. We'll also be joined again by Aaron House, the leader of Piercing Word Ministries. If you've heard any of the previous conversations I've had with my friend Aaron, you'll know that this young man has a passion for not only memorizing Scripture himself, but also for helping God's people hide his word in their own hearts. And if you haven't heard his story, I would encourage you to go to our website after the program and watch the full interview that we did with him there. You can also learn more about Aaron and his wife Emily's book, Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories. You'll be able to read how God's Word has ministered to both Aaron and Emily in trials and tribulations that they've gone through, and you'll learn practical steps for memorizing God's Word and hiding it in your own heart. Aaron has memorized 26 books of the Bible, and he wants to help you on your own journey. So for your gift to Haven Today, we'll get you this book quickly. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org, or call us after the program at 800-654-2836, 865-HAVEN. But first, We'll open the program with a song by a man named Adam Wright, who goes by the moniker The Corner Room. Adam has a passion to put scripture to music, and I pray that you will be blessed by his setting of Psalm 119, like I was when I first heard it. Oh Lord, 
This is Haven Today. My name is Charles Morris, and that's the Corner Room with Psalm 119, 33 through 40, from the album Psalm Song, Volume 2. God's Word is powerful and beautiful, and it's well worth hiding in our hearts. Maybe you've heard this before, but I think it's something helpful to keep in mind. Just like when you squeeze a sponge, and whatever it's holding comes pouring out. Life will squeeze us. And whatever we have hidden in our heart will come pouring out. We're continuing this series this week, Hiding God's Word. For this week, because it's just that important. And we're doing that because it's important. Hiding the scriptures deep in your heart isn't just a good thing to do for your mind. It's something that'll pour out of you as life squeezes in. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus told us that. How incredible it would be if it were his words in our tongue when we do. Well, joining me again today is Aaron House. He wrote Warriors of the Word, and he's passionate about helping Christians hide God's word deep 
really deep in their hearts. And here we can get practical. Three key techniques that can help us memorize Scripture. Can you tell me and others how they can easily learn, hide God's Word in their heart, even though they think they can't? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of people that think they can't memorize God's Word. They're, they're too old. Their brain doesn't work like they used to. And all of the above. All yeah, of the you're above. talking all to of the, the choir here. Uh, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about that in, in, in our book, Warriors of the Word. But basically, the, one of the key things to realize that is when you are memorizing something, you are a teacher of yourself. Mm. And in order to be a good teacher of yourself, you want to mm. memorize uh, using all three learning styles, which is visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. And we like to say, see it, see it say it, do it. So mm-hmm. it's a really simple way to remember. And, uh, it's, and you're like, oh, how do I, how do I do it? Okay. I can see it. Mm-hmm. And it's saying, you know, it's, mm-hmm. in saying it though, that feel that, you know, that feels uncomfortable maybe for some people, because most people, when they try to memorize, what do they do? They open their Bible and they just read it over, read, read it over, read, read silently it over. over and over again. So how many learning styles am I using when I'm doing that? One, one and a weak one at that. Uh, and visual. visual may not be your strongest yeah. learning. And there's stronger visual mechanism. ways to learn than just reading it over and over okay. silently. Okay. So, so we say never, never memorize silently. Always memorize out loud. That's you know, see it, say it, and then do it. You want to make sure that you are uh, doing it. So, my, my wife's favorite way to memorize is with hand motions. Really mm-hmm. simple and effective way to mm-hmm. get that third learning style in there and to engage your whole body. I was there in house sharing those three techniques, three strategies for memorizing God's Word. I'm not going to say you need to do this, because the Lord is the only one who saves, not your memorization. But I am going to say you need to do this if you want to be a warrior of the Word, someone whose life just pours out the things of the Lord. What's in your heart will always make its way out. It reminds me of the first time I ever visited Israel. It was probably 18 years ago, as Israel and Palestinian conflict was reaching a fever pitch. No one wanted to go there then. Tourism was down to nothing. But I just had this sense that I had to be there. So I went with my wife. And with me on this plane out of London to Tel Aviv was a number of Orthodox Jewish believers. They were dressed to the hilt in traditional clothing, with the head covering, and the men had the traditional payot, or curls, on the sides of their hair. I remember thinking, here are people that truly care about their beliefs. They were serious about spiritual matters. They took their Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, seriously. They wanted to live it out as best they could. I was deeply impressed by that. I was even humbled, because here I was a Christian, but I'm not sure at that point I took the word quite as seriously as I needed to. But it was also my first time seeing a Pharisee in real life. We read about the Pharisees in the New Testament. They could be pompous. They only acted religious so that people would notice them and praise them for their spirituality. They looked like they took it seriously. But they didn't always. Now, not every Orthodox Jew on that plane was a Pharisee, but one of them surely was. It was in the middle of the flight, at the appropriate time. Each of these highly Orthodox men stood up to pray. 
They each had a prayer shawl. And one of them I remember clearly because it was the brightest, most colorful prayer shawl of multiple colors that I have ever seen. Most of them simply bowed down and prayed scriptures aloud without paying much attention to the rest of the passengers. But there was this one man who just before he began his prayer, looking to Jerusalem, looking around the plain to make sure others were watching him. I'd call him a Pharisee, or at least on that day he was. A reminder that we all can become Pharisees, more concerned about how we appear than what's really in our hearts. Something that I know my friend David Woolen can relate to. Well, in his first few months of working at Haven Today several years ago, he memorized the book of Philippians. I want you to listen to how this changed his heart. Well, Charles, as you know, uh, at the time I was commuting on L.A. freeways. Uh, So for me, that was about 45, 50 minutes each way, uh, each day, which, you know, for L.A., that's not all that bad. But uh, I was thinking just in my mind, adding all, the, all that time up, 45, 50 each way, that's, that's about the equivalent of a whole workday spent on the road at the you know, beginning and end of each workday. And I was thinking that it just felt like a lot of wasted time. And at the same time, God was doing this work in my heart. Uh, I'd been to Bible college and uh, I'd come out and I was just longing I think for um, for to grow again, I wanted a a deeper hunger for the word, and that's something I was praying for, and God was answering that prayer, and so that there was this just deep hunger in my soul for more of of God, for more of the word, for a greater sense of the Spirit's presence in my life, and and a strong relationship with Jesus. I wanted this more, and. At the same time, I was doing my devotions in the book of Philippians, and I was just getting so much out of it, underlining almost every verse, you know, like, um, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself, or forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, and just verse after verse, and I was thinking, oh, I want this deeper in my heart. I want this to have instant recall. And and so it just kind of struck me. This is about this time that the first iPhones were coming out, and um, I had an iPod, and I had a copy of the audio Bible on my iPod. It was actually um, Max McLean's listener Bible in the ESV. And I don't know if this uh, this method would work for others. It, it might. It worked for me. And um, so, you know, I was driving safely, but I, I kept my thumb on the back button of my iPod, and I was just listening to the book of Philippians and, and hearing Max read it in that awesome Shakespearean accent. And so I just started listening to Philippians. Every morning I'd start Philippians, and I would just try to speak it with him, and I'd go several verses at a time and then hit the back button and start over. And so, you know, I learned uh, to recite Philippians with Max in sort of a British Shakespearean accent, uh, which, you know, that's a great way to memorize the word. But I just memorized it with him in cadence, word for word, accent for accent. And as time went on, I found I could go longer and longer and longer with him. And if I messed up, I just hit the back button again and 
keep going. And I didn't do it every day, but I did it most days. And I found that within a few weeks, I'd memorized the first chapter, and then it was the second chapter, and then the third chapter. And before a few months had gone by, I'd memorized the whole book of Philippians, much to my astonishment. And I mean, the impact was incredible. That was David Woolen. He now works for Far East Broadcasting, sharing with us how memorizing Philippians changed his heart and brought him closer to the Lord. And all of this talk about memorizing Scripture, hiding it deep in our heart, writing it upon our mind, really goes back to an ancient practice in Israel. It's a practice that comes from Deuteronomy 11. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. I didn't mention it, but those Orthodox Jews I saw on that plane from London to Tel Aviv many years ago were following this verse, literally. They had what's called a phylactery on their forehead, a small cube with scripture written on it and placed inside it, a way of binding the Lord's word to their forehead. It was an ancient practice by the priests, especially in ancient Israel, to signal everyone that they were consecrated by the Lord for service. It wasn't supposed to be a sign of pride or boasting. It was supposed to be a sign of service and humility. It slowly became a signal of arrogance by the time Christ was born. But for us, I think we can see a way forward. Binding Scripture onto our foreheads and our fixing them into our hearts and minds is not about the physical copies. It's about being so immersed in God's Word. What it says becomes how we think and process the world around us. It's seeing Jesus through all of Scripture and meditating on it day and night so that we can meditate on Christ at all times. Jesus is our beginning and our end. And in Jesus, we have salvation now and forever. setting of the sun I will stand on every promise of your word words of power strong to say that will never pass away I will stand on every promise of your Pressing in, I will stand on every promise of your word. You are faithful to forgive that in freedom I might live. So I stand on every promise of your word. 
dawn to the setting of the sun, I will stand on every promise of your word. Words of power, strong to save, that will never pass away. I will stand on every promise of your word. That's the Gettys and their song from their Awaken the Dawn album here on this haven today. I'm Charles Morris. I want to say thank you to David Wolin for joining us again on the program today. He lives in Chicago, one of the western suburbs. And another thank you to Aaron House for stopping by again. And I hope you've been encouraged to dig into God's Word more by our time together today. And if you're like me, and you want to memorize and hide God's Word in your heart, Aaron and Emily House have written the book just for you. It's called Warriors of the Word. The Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories. It'll help you whether you're new to this or an experienced memorizer of Scripture. I have confidence that you and me 
can memorize God's word and hide it in our own hearts, just like Aaron does and his wife, Emily. Yes, it takes work, but there's nothing more worthwhile. After all, it's God's own word that we can fix in our hearts and minds and think about when we lie down and when we get up. Now, it may not mean that you'll be able to memorize as much as Aaron has or more, but it does mean that you can hide some of God's precious life-giving word inside you. And then you can meditate on Jesus Christ day and night. Now that's a blessing. What a Lord we serve. So, for your gift to Haven today, and somebody last week ordered 12 copies. They so wanted their friends to be able to join them. Well, we'd like to get you at least one copy, more if you want, of this book. But you just need to pick up your phone now and call us. And the number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or get it there on our website, haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And when you visit our homepage, keep scrolling down and you'll see the video of our full interview with Aaron House. This young Christian will bless you as he helps you and me hide God's word in our hearts. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow, Tuesday, when again we get to share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Humor in the Bible isn't like watching Seinfeld on stand-up, but it's there. Take the Tower of Babel, for instance. There they were, humans attempting to reach heaven by their own work, making a name for themselves, a selfish attempt to glorify themselves rather than the Lord. But that's not the funny part. As they're busy building away this tall tower, Genesis 11:5 gives us the punchline. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower. They thought they were reaching heaven, but the Lord came down. Clearly, they were so much lower than they thought they were. Us too. Trust in self is deceptive. Thankfully, Christ came down to save us from ourselves. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.